You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. The vampire episode is here. Woo! This is it. <laughs> I wish I could make like a bat noise. Uh, this is the... <laughs> well, they make just like a high like pitch. Flap, like flap, flap, flap. Don't. I, <laughs> I woke up at 3 a.m. to a bat flying around my head in my You should have recorded. Once. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, for our vampire episode, I'm going <laughs> to record. <laughs> that bat is still in your apartment? No, no. It's gone now, but it... Um, at least it hasn't come in again. But it was. Like, I, I've had two – in the past two years, I've had two incidences. One was this summer, like just a couple months ago. But you said you just woke up with a bat flopping around your head. Oh, that – a couple months ago. Okay, okay. I just haven't gotten over it. And Trauma. Never will. Never will. Trauma. Um, before we get started, um, we're doing things a little bit differently, obviously, because this is a special – vampire fan requested thing a lot of fans wrote in so we don't necessarily have fan questions but this episode is completely designed by fans yeah so what we did was is i took there was about i think 13 or 14 fan questions wow. that came in but they were all similar so we we basically made six or seven like themed categories that we're going through in this mm-hmm. episode that's going to take us through um so i'm going to just name out the names of the people um who contributed to yes. this so um to colt amy sean sandra erica your fam <laughs> uh bruce kelly amon uh Brittany, and samantha thank you all for writing in um and contributing to this all of you contributed to this episode so just know your questions are all in here even though we're not going to go your name and the question it's you know, you're you all, all wanted the same things. You're all my children of the night. <laughs> um, so we, we're going to kind of go through this, um, and Taylor's really going to take a lead here because, well, she's our vampire expert. Um, so we're going to start off with a top five from Taylor as to what are the best vampire films, your top five. And I'll have to say this is – I'm – like, this is – this is a very subjective list. Like this is just like my. Top I mean, most five. lists are. <laughs> um, and they're not. They're not in a particular ranking. Okay. I love them all fairly equally. Um, number one, Francis Ford Coppola, Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. I don't know if that's the full name of the movie. I think it's just called Bram Stoker's Isn't, Dracula. Yeah, Bram Stoker's. But or Dracula, um, The Lost Boys. Mm. Just a great vampire movie, but also a really great. 80s movie yeah a lot of people like the lost boys like that's a very common it one has that very good uh viewer consensus like it has yeah. like 88 percent on rotten tomatoes or whatever yeah which, which is pretty is good good considering that it's like quote unquote a horror movie yeah um interview with the vampire yeah which is kind of a at the time was kind of considered a little hokey but i think it's a really great vampire movie i think it's one of those films that has stood the test of time a little better like even though people consider it hokey it's like it, it's still around it stands still talk up about it and it stands up yeah um like was the casting perfect i almost had you fan cast interview with the vampire because i'm a huge Anne rice fan yeah, yeah. I, I went with something a little bit more iconic or a little yeah. bit more noticeable i'm or, sure people are looking forward to that but i'm sure <laughs> now people are gonna be like okay next episode fan cast interview with the yeah, vampire yeah, yeah. um because it's brad pitt and tom cruise so they definitely the studio definitely went for whoever was like the hottest in 1994 and brad pitt absolutely loathed filming the whole movie and i'm pretty sure that Anne rice hated that tom cruise was casted as lestat so like overall like the casting was pretty contentious Mm. so um but to me the movie is pretty flawless and i i would hate to see a remake of it um although there are talks that they're gonna um they're gonna uh adapt the whole series into a television show interesting um with both Anne Rice and her son Christopher Rice involved in the writing. Okay. Okay. Um, so stay tuned to that. That's been in like the works for many years, so we'll see. Um, my fourth movie is What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. We've talked about it a lot. Love it's that movie. Now a television show. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch Me it. Me neither. Um it's a little bit different. So the movie it takes place in New Zealand, but mm-hmm. the television show has been adapted um as it's happening in America. Oh, okay. The it's an American-based TV show. Um, we had a question 
several weeks ago, months now, asking if we've had a chance to watch it. No, because I don't think it's on any of the streaming platforms that I have. Yeah, I think it's not Amazon. I think it's like another one. I think it's like FX. And yeah, FX is like, like partnered with like Hulu. Yeah. Which we won't get until we get Disney Plus. Hmm. Um, but I need to look into it more. I haven't had a ton of time to watch TV, so I really, I really loved the the movie and was excited to to see that there was a TV show. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I just it's getting uh, good. The movie is so good, and the TV show is getting good reviews. That's awesome. Like it's apparently it's well, and, and the original creators are involved, and that's you well, know there how, goes that's to how it goes to show you. And Taika Waititi is very funny, I find with with his choices and his, the films that he does. So. And the main character is a British actor who is very funny. And I forget his name, and I can't tell you any of the shows he's in. But he has a show on Netflix, and it's about, like, a struggling actor. Mm. And he, like, puts on this, like, very posh accent (laughs) um, in the TV show. So I'd love to see him in what he's doing is what we do in the shadows because he's very funny. The, The character that is sort of modeled off one of the other Main leads the one that's like you know longer black hair kind of he his he's being played by Matt Barry who's a very well known in England actor. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, that's who you're talking yeah. about, Matt Barry. Oh, I think okay, so. yeah, yeah. Let me Google. Matt Barry was in like had like yes. a small thing in the IT crowd and was did a bunch of really funny comedies with like a like a bunch of. Like they did, so, oh, so funny. I think he's in Garth Morangay's. Garth Morangay's, yeah. He, dark space. Yes, he plays the doctor that always like so, talks with like this weird like Garth. Drawl thing. Yeah. Or no, yeah. No, he's, he's the, not Garth. He's like the other one. He's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> he's a funny <laughs> yeah. accent in this other show I'm talking about. I wonder if I can. Yeah, so, Garth Morangay's. Me... Oh, that's it's so good. And Matt Berry, I just find to be very funny. He play. He kind of has a recurring role in the IT crowd. Um, a couple seasons in where he sort of takes over the company and it's very funny. And the show I'm talking about that's on Netflix is called The Toast of London. The Toast of London. And okay. it's about an eccentric middle-aged actor with a checkered past who spends more time dealing with his problems offstage than performing Okay, on cool. It. Okay, I, so, I'm going to check that out because uh, I really like him. I feel like I'm going to like that. Yeah, so he's playing like the main vampire on the TV. That's so cool. What we do in the shadows. So... Yeah, he's great. Also, if you haven't seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, oh, it's so good. Please watch it. It's available all on YouTube. And the, th- the good thing about that is it's basically making fun of like a horror TV show, but it's setting it in the framework as this show is overdone and terrible. Like it's it's filmed poorly on purpose. The acting is bad Over or overdone on purpose. Like they really make fun of it in that way. And um, the uh, another couple of you'll recognize some of the people in it like another some IT famous British, another IT crowd, crowd guy. guy is in it um yeah i think people will recognize it and i it i highly recommend it very funny so just an just a description of dark place because honestly it was one of the best things i've seen in a long time it came out in um gosh what year 2004 but it still goes to show that you can make great comedy oh, 100% um so it's Dark Place is presented as a lost classic, a television series <laughs> produced in the 1980s. Um, and the presentation features commentary from many of the original cast. So essentially it's like set up as like each episode is introduced by the film's yeah. writer, director, producer, and yes. star. Yes. And he introduces the episode, you watch the episode, and then there's commentary from the cast. And it's great. Like when I first watched it, I thought it was a real... BBC show because of the way they're doing yeah. it, it makes it seem so, like yeah. we're like Channel Four or whatever. So great. So um, off topic, but Dark but Place still, is good for Dark Halloween. Place is good for Halloween as well. And another um, just quick side thing with Matt Barry is also something you can find on on YouTube or Google somewhere. Is he did this sort of special where it was very similar, to like someone talking about the thing, but talking about a musical that was basically like Jesus Christ Superstar, but from the perspective of the innkeeper before Jesus was born, like the innkeeper who ran the inn, who gave them just the barn. It's from his perspective. And I I started watching it. I'm pretty sure he wants to be like a stand-up comedian in Bethlehem, but then fails and then has to like start up this inn and doesn't want to. But it's like like a musical, but it's like a mockumentary style 
musical where it keeps flashing back to the guy who created him. Like, yeah, the innkeeper, like, really, res- like, I really respect that character. And But, like, even, like, the thing, the entire set is, like, oh, it's, like, this old set. And then there's, like, a lamppost in the middle <laughs> of it with, like, electric <laughs> lights. And it's 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 that type of comedy and humor that I, I, I really like. So, yeah, it's Matt Berry. very funny, Todd Phillips. So yeah. take yeah. note. Yeah, Todd Phillips. You can make comedies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my fifth movie for favorite vampire featured movies is Only Lovers Left Alive. So what's that one? I don't, That's I'm not Til- familiar. That's Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. Yep, Tom Loki? Hiddleston. Loki. Okay, Tom Hiddleston. Um, and they play two vampire lovers who have been together for like centuries. Yeah. But it takes place, um, she's living in Tangier, so Morocco, and then he is living in Detroit. Okay. And um, they're still in love, but they're just living separately. And um, he's like very morose, very depressed, like hates the modern world, like wants to die. And then she's very like of the moment, like a free spirit. So she essentially um, comes back to Detroit because he's having like a very like existential moment. Mm. And it's about, um, you know, surviving in the modern age, even though they're these like century old creatures and it is sort of a comment on modernity um the blood is tainted now like because of all of the like the pollutants in the air and like the the garbage we eat and stuff it's very hard for them to find pure blood now to survive off of that sounds really Um, cool and it's i guess it's like a comedy drama but to me it's almost like a romance between tilda and tom tilda swinton obviously is just a goddess slash god, this gender neutral. Yeah. Um, she's phenomenal. Tom Hiddleston is a good actor. Yeah, he's great. Um, he always is given really horrible hair. He has <laughs> a horrible hairdo in the movie. Um, and then Mia Wallowski, whatever her last name is, Crimson Peak. Oh, oh, from Crimson Peak, yeah. She plays the sister of Tilda Swinton, and she's kind of a yeah. a baddie. Yeah. Um, so it's a very interesting, and I think one of the vampires is, um, you know Shakespeare's uh, rival slash friend? Shakespeare's rival. Oh, In real life. Uh, Christopher other, Marlowe? Yeah. One of the vampires is Christopher Marlowe. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So, sorry, what's this one called? Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive. Okay, I want to check that out. Yeah, it'll make you want to go to Morocco. Yeah. So So, give us the five again. Just give us the five titles again so people can can catch that. um, Bram Bram Stoker's Dracula, The Lost Boys, Interview with the Vampire, What We Do in the Shadows, and only lovers left alive. There you go. So that's Taylor's top five. Taylor's top Obviously, five. Obviously, you know. But if you're, but even if you're thinking like someone's like, oh, I really want like some good vampire movies. These the, are all, all five solid. are solid movies. The question when you phrased it to me, what phrased it to me was vampire featured movies, like movies featuring vampires. Some people wrote it that way. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's what I think it meant. All of these movies, like the main characters yeah. are vampires. Yeah. I probably could have looked at other movies where like. There's vampire. a vampire in there, yeah, but it's not. But these yeah. are like vampire centric. Yeah, and I think it's good because this list is not maybe some like some of them might be some that people have never heard of, but they're not um you know, they're not connected to here's Dracula and Van Helsing and they're fighting. Like it's yeah. it's a broad spectrum of movies which i think is good i think that's what people are looking for like more vampire yeah. suggestions i mean you obviously have the classic dracula and then you yeah. have you know a romance and a comedy yeah. and yeah. whatever so um that's my top five there you go the next question you guys wanted to know was top five actors who have played vampires so this is interesting to me because i think to me there is there is a thing you think of or a characterization you think of when you think of a vampire there's still things that that are relatively universal in all vampire movies of what vampires are like so how they choose to show them and some of the like i don't not not that they're emotionalist but they're usually like pretty like stiff in a way and cool and and guarded and only yeah only in the moments (laughs) where like there's an issue. Do they fly off the handle and someone gets murdered? But otherwise, they're pretty co- cool and collected. Even yeah. in what we do in the sh- shallow shadows, which I, I again, I love that movie. Even then, they were pretty much they were 
caricatures, but they were pretty much calm, cool, and collected until something happened, yeah. and then they go off the handle, and they're like, oh, no, what do we do? We killed this person, and now they're li- he's living with they're us. We don't know what to priests. do. Yeah, they're going to bring priests. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, they don't know what to do. So I, it's interesting to me because I do think it takes a pretty good actor to do this well. So I'm interested and to see what corny. you And not be corny. Yeah, not be corny. So um, number one is Gary Oldman, and he played Dracula yeah. in Bram Stoker's Gary Dracula. Oldman, man, what a great actor. Um. He, like, there isn't really anything to say about the performance. He, like, really embodies who Dracula is in terms of, like, what an iconic vampire means. Um, so, I don't know. I can't. Good casting. I don't Good think. Job who can argue with that? Like, what, what, <laughs> name a bad Gary Oldman performance. No, he's a great. You can't. He's a great actor. Um, my second pick is Kiefer Sutherland. He plays David in The Lost Boys. Okay, yeah. Um. He plays, for people who haven't seen The Lost Boys, these are more or less teen vampires. Yes. Kiefer Sutherland was, like, in his early 20s when he played this role. He drives a motorcycle. So these are, like, very, like, cool Mm. vampires, like, bad boy vampires, Um, but in the 80s. So by today's standards... You're like, what? He has a mullet in the movie. <laughs> but that was the thing. At the, in the time, 80s, like, that, that was, was like, the time. He has a beach, bleach blonde mullet, rides a motorcycle, has a leather jacket. Sexy guy. Like, it works. Um, and a fun fact related to Kiefer Sutherland, his father has also been in a vampire movie. He played Buffy's original watcher in the Buffy movie from the 90s. Oh, yes. So I don't know if Donald Sutherland has ever played a vampire himself. I don't think so. Yeah, but I remember he's he was the watcher movies, in the... But he's yeah. he's Buffy's original Original watcher. watcher from the original movie. Um, So it's a family connection there. My third pick is um, interesting because it's... The performance had multiple layers. So it's William Defoe. Another great actor. He plays Max Schrellrich. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that actor's name right. So Max Schrellrich. It's spelled S-C-H-R-E-C-K. Okay. Schrellrich? He's German, I think. Okay. So Max Schrellrich played the original Nosferatu in 1922, which I'll talk about a little bit more in terms of hidden gems. So this movie... Oh my gosh, and I think I forgot to get the name of the movie. Let me Google it real quick while I'm um, talking about it. So Willem Dafoe is a great actor. I mean, you talk about another person who just every performance. Character actor, Yeah, right? he, he can really embody a character and really, like, bring a lot of cool nuance to it. So he is in Shadow of the Vampire. This okay. movie came out in 2000. And it's complicated because he's playing... Max Schrellick, who was the original Nosferatu. Yes. So the movie is about the making of that 1922 oh, movie. Oh, I see. Okay. But in the in this movie, this 2000 movie, um, Max Schrellick, the actor, actually is a vampire. Oh. So do you know what I'm saying? So like, they, they've really layered that. So yeah. So he's like, a vampire and playing a vampire and... Yeah. So I wonder if I can get... So I'll read the synopsis. Yeah, yeah. In 1921, German director F.W. Murnau takes his cast and crew on location in Czechoslovakia to shoot Nosferatu, which is a real movie, an unauthorized version of Bram Stoker's novel Dracula. Murnau keeps his team in the dark about their schedule and the actor playing the vampire Count Orlok. It is left to the film's other main actor, Gustav von Wegenheim, to explain that the lead... the lead is an obscure German theater performer named Max Schrellick, who is a real actor. Real actor. To involve himself fully in his role, Schrellick will only appear amongst the cast and crew in makeup, will only ever be filmed at night, and will never break character. Hmm. The, the twist being... He's a vampire. He's actually a vampire. <laughs> so I saw this movie on TV, like, once when I was, like, 14. Um, It's been a long time, but it's worth noting because William Dafoe is such a good actor and like it's a pretty like nuanced performance (laughs) to be playing like a real character who's actually a vampire who's acting in a movie about a vampire that's so it's one of those movies where like it's hard to wrap your and it's so it came out in 2000 and it's such like a complex like thing but yeah it's very interesting okay that that's a good one so that one's a that's one to know obviously I'm biased I've included Alexander Skarsgård as Eric in True Blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to be said about this other than whew, he's hot. I um <laughs> I just started watching um 
Big Little Lies. It's the right. HBO he's show that where he's that. a husband in that. I just got like I think I just finished the first season and and it, the first couple episodes into it, I was like, what? How? I don't understand why people like this show. And then it kind of picked up, and okay. and I kind of got into it, and was like, okay, this is like this is kind of interesting. How's like, my boy in it? Uh, he's really good. good. He's really actually. I will say, even from the beginning, I was like, the acting is in this TV series is super strong. Like but it was everyone's like the really. You were... The writing was weird, and I thought the characters were a little like whatever. There's two. There's still two characters even at the end of the season where I'm like, well, if you're doing another season. You've taken away. They did do another season. They did. Yeah. Okay. It's so, already aired. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm really interested to see what happens because there's two characters where the whole the whole point of that that character and the, the who, what you've assigned them as an identity is is over. So what what like is there anything more to them because you haven't set it up yet? If there is. Despite the star-studded cast, including Alexander Skarsgård, it's not a show I have much interest. Yeah, yeah. I honestly you have to be in a certain mood for it. I think like it's not. Uh, it, it is not. I mean, things happen, but it is. It's a very specific type of show for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it it got interesting for sure. Okay. Um, my fifth actor is my only woman on the list, and I apologize. Um, oh, vampire movies are largely male dominated. They seem to be. Um, but Tilda Swinton as Eve in Only Lovers yeah. Left Alive. Yeah. And you could add um, Tom Hiddleston as well, but Tilda, obviously, she's out of – she's not of this world. When yeah. she acts, yeah. like, in her as a person, like, she just seems like this unworldly creature. So yeah. she's – it's a match made in heaven for her to yeah. be a vampire on screen. Honestly, like, four of the five of these actors that you named are also, like, have such long histories of, of – really good iconic different types of roles so i mean it makes sense that they're on almost like the to be honest the kind of the thread that holds them together aside from keith sutherland and alexander skarsgård so three out of the five they're largely character actors Mm -hmm. Um, when you think about it, anything Keith or Sutherland to a certain extent well i guess he's kind of an action keith or sutherland though in the 80s was doing a bunch of different types yeah. of things like when he was younger then then he kind of did 24 and got yeah. kind of typecast um alexander skarsgård i think is too young to define anything yet like i think there's he still has a career ahead of him but he also is like he's too conventionally good looking to ever be like a character actor because normally character actors are yeah they're yeah i mean it all just depends upon what the roles are too because he you know again it the types of roles that he could take on could he could define it differently yeah. if he just you know i don't think he did a very good job with tarzan so it kind of set, set him back a little bit but um my bonus oh you got a bonus I have a bonus actor wow, we're spoiling everybody with this episode paul rubens aka Wee herman also makes an appearance in buffy the vampire slayer the movie he plays one of the toady vampires. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, um, maybe it's worth seeing so you can see Paul Rubens and Donald Sutherland. There's also one of the – there's a Canadian connection. I think one of – I think Buffy's love interest is like a Canadian heartthrob mm. from the um, – but really, I'll be honest, guys, that's a skip it. That movie is not, it's not good. Not good. And Josh. Jo- jo- Joss. 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 We- yeah. Whedon. Whedon. Um, has pretty much disowned. Oh, yeah. He the said film. he was like, basically he, not involved. He, you know, he like kind of sold the story and the yeah. script and yeah. they just yeah. kind of did their own thing. Um, So just to run down that list again. Top five actors to play vampires. Number one, Gary Oldman, Dracula and Dracula. Kiefer Sutherland as David in The Lost Boys. William Defoe as Max Schrelick in um, that other vampire movie. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård as Eric in True Blood. And Tilda Swinton as Eve in Only Lovers Left Alive. Bonus, go. Paul Rubens, Toadie Vampire, Buffy the Vampire <laughs> Buffy the Slayer. Vampire Slayer. <laughs> um, okay, so we want to also talk about, like, the next thing was Hidden Gems. Um, talk about some Hidden Gem movies yeah, do you want me first to mention actors who I haven't seen as vampires that I wish would act as oh, vampires? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, you want to do um, that. And you yeah. can tell me, too, who you think – maybe you go first. Who do you – Who who I think should play a vampire? Yeah, based on our current roster of and, – And, I mean, if I'm basing it off of what I understand of vampires and kind of going off your list, um, 
Hmm. It would be interesting. See, to me, a a Dracula movie or a movie about a vampire would be interesting to do in a modern spin of like you have someone like let's say it's a young person who's doesn't believe in any of this. It's clearly fake, whatever goes somewhere to look at ruins or whatever to try to def- debunk vampires or whatever, and then meet some like that right. would be kind of like a cool thing. So I don't know, like young, young actors now who I think could use a breakout role. Like I honestly, like even though he probably doesn't fit the bill, seeing someone like Timothy Chalamet. He's on my list. Is he? Oh, okay. <laughs> Take on the role of a vampire would be kind of cool. Cause he's still young. He's kind of got this like, creepiness to him and kind of off-puttingness but not like as a real person but just as an actor he can bring that he's very much and for our listeners i know you're all vampire fans so you're probably all Anne rice fans and hopefully you write and agree with me he very much has an Anne rice vampire appeal so what does that mean he's young he's beautiful he's statuesque he looks like he could be a renaissance botticelli angel like um her vampires are very sexually charged and maybe not everyone thinks he's um yeah like sexy, I, I, I don't know like, i just don't think timothy chalamet like, <laughs> but you don't think him and think sex but to me in my mind like Anne rice would probably like she would want to cast someone like him right this young um almost like like a cherub right isn't there like a with vampires is like a sort of a manipulation sort of appeal in terms of their ability to control people and to sort of like all vampires have the ability of persuasion yeah but a lot of the mythos some vamp like dracula for instance does have the ability to manipulate and sort of mind control um in uh anne rice's mythology um older vampires develop heightened skills so Lestat, he's an older vampire, he's able to sort of do a little bit of mind control, but Louis, who's his protege, does not have that ability. Mm, okay. And the thinking is that their their beauty is enough to, like draws to in draw and, yeah, people yeah. in. But not everyone, it's called like the power of fascination. Yeah. Not every vampire has that. Yeah. And that, depending on like the mythos and who, like, you know, vampire rules differ depending yeah. on who's using them but um as a rule that like power of fascination um i think is reserved sort of for elder vampires a young character actor right now who i think is becoming a character actor is taron edgerton so he was uh he played yeah. elton john i i feel like he being in a vampire movie c- could make sense like i feel like he's got he the, could be in a reboot know. of lost boys for sure he could play like the younger brother <laughs> <laughs> And I think, like, I, I feel like he's got the... His face is too round. He's got the... I don't know. I just feel like he's a... Willem Dafoe is a round face. Um, I guess. I just feel like he's got the acting gravitas behind it. Oh, for sure. And sort of same with, like, Timothy Chalamet. Like, I feel like they're young actors who both have a lot of skill yeah. behind what they're doing. So, obviously, could become, you mm-hmm. know, that those types of characters. So, I think those two would be interesting. My other two are obviously... Everyone's going to be like, obviously... Joaquin Phoenix... Because okay. I think he could play like. Is that an, obvious? <laughs> I think because he's one of my favorite actors, yeah. and he hasn't ever really played like supernatural. Like yeah. He play, like his roles are fairly rooted in reality. Like I think the Joker is the first time he's kind of even verged into. Like you think of his major roles, like he play. He was in Gladiator, yeah, playing like a real rooted person. Yeah, her Johnny Cash and Walk the Line. Yeah. her is still even though it's set sort of in the near future. Signs, it's still, but still kind of like now, just like like I mean, there's a sci-fi element to but it, but it's still, still pretty, like, like grounded. Realistic. Yes, very much so. So it'd be interesting to see what he could do. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily cast him as Dracula because he's not. But someone. But else. something yeah. um, vampiric, and then. Mads Mickelson. Uh, Mads Mickelson. He could course. play Dracula. Yeah. Um, what about um, um, oh, I just had the name and it just floated out of my head. What's he in? Or her? Because obviously, yeah, you can I also cast from it. No, I just, I don't even know. I don't know where my train of thought was, but I, I just oh, had one. Someone who I just am thinking of, um, Kylo Ren. Oh, um, yeah. It, um, driver. Adam, Adam driver. driver. Yeah, he could be, be a yeah, he could be a vampire. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that would be He kinda already looks like one, just yeah. as is. So Yeah. I thought I had someone along that line too. I was like, well, this person could probably be 
Oh, what about uh, what about another great actor? Just in general, Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm sure could pull off a vampire role. Like again, maybe not Dracula, but some other. Like if there was just a movie about vampires in general, Uh I could see a Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, interacting even if it's with like you know the like the movie that I'm talking about of like okay, let's say it's it's Millie Bobby Brown and she's going uh, to investigate or whatever, and she comes upon a house and it's Jake Gyllenhaal and Timothy Chalamet and Taron Egerton, and they're just like, there you go. Like I would buy that. (laughs) I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a movie for sure. That's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll talk more because when you have to cast, yes, the we'll movies, talk more about casting. It'll probably get your brain juices yeah, flowing. That for sounds who good. You think so? Let's move on to hidden gems. So yeah, this was something this is something that came up a couple times. So people were looking for are there off the cusp movies or off the cusp things that we would to look out there in terms of vampires? Like, is there is there anything that that maybe is a hidden thing that we wouldn't know about? Um, I forgot to include it on the list, but Roman Polanski directed, um, obviously there can't be a Taylor show without Roman Polanski. Um, it's a parody film, uh, Fearless Vampire Killers. It has, um, Sharon Tate's in it. Um, Sharon Tate's in it. And so that's worth checking out. 1967, The Fearless Vampire Killers. Fearless Vampire Killers. Um, okay. So that, I forgot to add it to my list, but that's worth noting just because Roman Polanski, I think people forget that he he made like different types of movies in his mm. early career, like largely horror, but these ones are, this one's like a parody movie. Interesting. Um, my next one on the list is Hunger. Okay. This is from the 80s, and it has a really star-studded cast. Catherine Deneuve, the French actress, mm. who was very popular in the 60s French films. Yeah. David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> and Susan Sarandon. Okay. So Catherine Deneuve, this is my most women-centric film, and I apologize to our female listeners and male listeners. Um, this is a pretty male-dominated episode, just yeah. kind of by virtue of the, the yeah. mythos. But Catherine Deneuve plays um, a vampire seductress. She's ancient. Um, We don't really know. I don't think we really know how old she is. And she essentially contacts Susan Sarandon, a doctor who specializes in aging, because she's trying to reverse the aging of her lover, David Bowie, who um, is a vampire. Mm. Catherine and David Bowie play vampires. And essentially... Catherine is able to sustain so long because she essentially like takes the life force of her vampiric lovers. So David Bowie is rapidly aging. She contacts Susan Strandon to try to reverse yeah. that aging. Um, it's a new wave eighties movie. It's really cool. Wow, that's um, interesting. It's a different take on vampires. You know, it's talks about the fear of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine definitely is not like a good, she's like a bat. She's, She's what we think when we think of a classic vampire, like right. very like selfish. Like yeah, yeah. it's like it's self-preservation. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, but interesting that like what a cast: Catherine Deneuve, David Bowie, and Susan Sarandon. That's Only a great in the cast. 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, a, like a, that. interesting. It's like a kind of late eighties movie. Like yeah, this, new yeah, wave. Yeah. Um, I've talked about this. The next movie I've talked about it a lot on this show because it's one of my favorite movies: A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. This is an Iranian vampire western produced in part by Elijah Wood. Yeah, you have mentioned this um, one. Yeah, yeah. Distributed through Amazon, so I'm sure you can find it on <laughs> sure Amazon. You can find it, yeah. I actually own yeah. it on DVD. Um, I'm just gonna let you know that it's an Iranian vampire western, so take that as you would. The next movie on the list is Nosferatu. So the original. This is like the granddad of vampire movies. Yeah. So it was released in 1922. It is a silent film. It was made by um, a German expressionist director who did not obtain the copyright for Dracula. So he kind of, it's, you watch it and you you know it's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right, right. But he's changed the names of the characters. Right. He was sued by the estate of Bram Stoker. Wow, he was sued. I didn't know that. And... The majority of the copies were destroyed. Wow. So essentially it's a, a film miracle that we even have a copy that we're able to watch. Um, this one is not like its own one, but it's a follow-up to Nosferatu. In 1979, another German director essentially made a remake called Nosferatu the Vampire. 
and it stars Isabel Adjani. I can never pronounce her name. She's what a French actress. Nineteen seventy-nine. Okay. Okay. Um, so Isabel, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Um, she stars, I believe, as um, she's not Mina, but she's one of the kind of the main characters in the movie. So that those are hidden gems because they're they're older. Yeah, and they're yeah, also I'd, both sort of ger- they're I've German. I've heard of most of those. Yeah. Um, Isabel is also I want to mention give her a shout out for her portrayal in Possession. Um. She got a lot of acting awards for that in the early 80s. Um, not a vampire movie, but a horror movie and sort of like body horror for mm-hmm. people who are interested in sort of um, Cronenberg's take yeah. on horror. Yeah. Um, you'll like you'll like Possession because it's very much in that um, body horror of the 80s. She does an amazing performance when people ask, why do I hate Black Swan? Because um, <laughs> Natalie Portman should have watched Possession and yeah, see how to <laughs> how to actually um, be a woman spiraling into madness. But anyways, um, Isabel won a lot of awards for that and much deservedly. So you can see her in a little bit earlier, Nosferatu the Vampire, 1979. So my next hidden gem is Thirst. This is a Thirst. 2007 South Korean movie. Okay. Um, Fans of the director of Chan Wook Park. Yeah. He directed Old Boy. Um, so this was his take on a vampire film. Okay. And it features the same actor who's in Old Boy, and they've worked together on other films. Mm. Um, he's a Catholic priest that becomes a vampire. Interesting. He's treating, he's like on mission and treating a blood disease, but it turns out the blood disease is vamp- vampirism. Mm um, so he contracts that. Um, so that's a really great vampire movie. Um, another older movie is Vampire. This movie is from 1932. Um, it was filmed in three different languages. So it's largely a silent movie. And a lot of the dialogue is done in silent movie placards. Really? To get around the fact that the cast was like three different right, languages. Yeah, different languages, yeah. Um, very asm- atmospheric. Um, even kind of more so than Nosferatu, the 1922 version. Vampire and Nosferatu, because they're so old, are in, pr- in public domain. Yeah. You should be able to access these on YouTube. I'm pretty sure you can find them on YouTube or somewhere yeah. on the internet. Yeah. Um, my sixth hidden gem is Let the Right One In. Not to be confused with Let Me In, the American <laughs> adaptation. That's the American with adaptation of Chloe it. Moretz. Um, Moretz. Grace Moretz. Um, so Let the Right One In is Swedish. It's based on a Swedish horror novel. Um, beautifully shot, beautiful film, mm. um, so well written. And it's about a child vampire. And she befriends, or sorry, I shouldn't say she, but the the vampire befriends a, sort of an ostracized um, young boy who's like really bullied. They kind of... Sh- the vampire moves in next door to him mm. and they develop this friendship. Um, so in a way, it's a love story. They're, they're school-aged children. So, you know, the love isn't sexual, but it's right. definitely it's definitely like these two young people falling in love and sort of um, defending each other. Interesting. Um, I'll be honest, I've never seen the American adaptation of Let Me In because I hate... Um, yeah. Like... <laughs> They made like a very deliberate choice by making the vampire a girl, which is kind of a plot point in the Swedish book and film that I feel like they did that to make it more palatable for American audiences. So when I found out the casting, I had no desire to see the uh, American remake. Yeah, yeah. Um, viewer or listeners, write in, tell me I'm wrong. Don't think you don't think I am wrong, but let me know if yeah, you if are. Yeah, if anyone's seen that, let us know. L- like if anyone's seen both of them, right? Yeah. Let me in and let the right one in. You can tell me, um, you know, which one's better. So my seventh hidden gem, and this is one of the movies that I watched in preparation for you guys. I watched okay. two movies so yeah. you guys wouldn't have to watch them. Um, Martin. I didn't even know I didn't know about this movie. It's from 1978. And why it's kind of a hidden gem is that it's directed by George A. Romero. Romero. Romero? Yeah. Who's famous for Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. His zombie movies. Yeah. So he claims this is actually the favorite of his films. Really? Not about zombies. It's about a vampire, but I'll put vampires in quotes because 
the movie's very ambiguous. We don't actually know if the main character is a vampire or not. So oh. the premise is that it's a Martin is like 19, but he believes that he's an 87 year old vampire. Mm. And there's people in his family that believe that, and there's people in his family that don't believe that. And you see him feed on screen, but he doesn't do it like how we would typically think a vampire does it. He does it by sedating women and then slashing their wrists and then drinking the blood. Right. So, like, by the fact that he's not using, like, typical vampiric powers, yeah. like, he could just be a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he believes he's a vampire and people in his family believe he's a vampire. And there's kind of, like, this family lore and, like, the question's never resolved in the film. Interesting. So you don't... You don't so know. it's very low budget, um, kind of slow moving. I actually watched it on YouTube. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like pirating, but I like... It was up on YouTube. Yeah, so I don't you, really you can know. fuck it there. I mean, I don't, uh, yeah. Um, so know that it's not like the caliber of film that we're used to, but for the treatment of vampires on screen and the fact that it's like a very famous yeah. director, yeah. worth checking out. Hour very and a cool. half. Not bad. Yeah, no, that's very cool. That sounds yeah. really interesting. Martin. Especially it says it's like it's one of his favorite movie yeah he that says that done. it's one like, of his that's, favorites that's really so, cool yeah very cool um we have to do some fan casting mm-hmm. but i do have one more quick movie review to well give let's you. let's review the movie because yeah you, you said you watched something um and you're going to talk about it yeah so i watched nicholas cage's <laughs> the vampire's kiss this is really interesting <laughs> to me so this is how i actually found about about Martin yeah. because I was reading sort of an oral history about the making of Vampire's Kiss and they've likened it to Martin in the sense of the story matters. So mm. Nicolas Cage is like a 1980s yuppie, horrible guy, and he essentially believes that he's becoming a vampire. But the question, there's kind of this question mark, is he a vampire, is he, isn't yeah. he? He's yeah. a very unreliable narrator. Unlike Martin, the consensus pretty much is that he's not a vampire but he does sort of spiral into madness madness and through that madness does murder people thinking that he's a vampire yeah why this movie is notable (laughs) is because it is the most nicholas cage performance that nicholas cage has ever done and he to this day says this is his favorite performance this was his favorite movie to act in this is and that's just saying something considering his history he was 23 um this was kind of he was just he was considered a rising star right his um his agent like begged him not to be in it Mm -hmm. he like he took a huge pay cut like he only made forty thousand dollars on this movie he's like i have to be in this movie and um, he considers it, like, how he honed his acting chops and was, like, the one opportunity where he was allowed to, like, act how he wanted to act. Yeah. Um, it's one of the – so last week on the episode about Joker, I said, you know, save your time and just wait for the YouTube compilation of Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> Of his performances, yeah. For, to see the good performance. Well, on the flip side, save your time, don't watch Vampire's Kiss – just watch a compilation of um, Nicolas Cage's uh, acting, if you can call you it You can do acting. that for so many movies um, for but him. But, like, <laughs> specifically, there's, like, one scene where he's talking to a psychologist and he, like, screams the alphabet at her and, like, has, like, very choreographed movements that go with each letter. And he said, you know, like... People think that that was improv. Like, I practiced those movements in my hotel room with my cat. Like, this is... When we were talking about Face Off, I said, everything feels like he's improving the script. Yeah. There was no improvisation with this film. Yeah. The lines... He, he delivered the lines as they were written, but the way he delivered them are insane yeah yeah so there's one part in the script where it requires him to cry so instead of crying he literally yells boo who like he takes like this is where the discussion of whether or not Nicolas Cage is a good actor comes into play yeah it's not that he's a bad actor it's that he's like 
so experimental. Yeah. Like when he's given the room to do what he wants to do, and this is the film where he was given the room to do what he wants to do. Yeah. People, some critics would say that it's bad acting, but when you, when I read the oral history, every decision he made was deliberate. Interesting. So that's he's very experimental. Like just as a person, he is. Yeah, to like interpret the line boohoo into yeah. like verbal. Yeah. His um the performance was very much inspired by um German expressionist film. So um Nosferatu, the way he moved moves again, it's a very physical performance. Yeah, yeah. He's very um embodied in his body. Um yeah, is it a skip it? For sure. Um <laughs> but, for sure skip it, but <laughs> but like his it was a treat to watch him. That's hilarious. Act. That's so interesting. Just watch though. the YouTube. The movie itself isn't very. It's kind of like you know, it's a skip it, but you're also saying like, clip it. You know, take yeah, like, clips. Yeah, you know, that grab needs to be clips. its own new. Yeah. clip it. <laughs> clip it. Yeah. It was. It was weird, guys. Very. I cool. watch these movies so you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Now you don't have to watch it, but you can search his performance on YouTube and find some stuff. And a lot of it has been like reaction gifts, like yeah. Even if you've never seen the movie, you've probably seen the gifts of him. Oh, he he's the king of the like yeah. creating gifts. Like that's, and uh, all now of you'll it. be able to say, oh, that's from the Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There you go. I should. I gotta send. Well, ha- I'll have to remember to link this oral history to our social media. Yeah, yeah. Even just the making of the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was too much. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Cool. We gotta keep moving. We gotta keep moving. Um, so we got some fan cast- casting we have to do. Um, where are we starting? We've got uh, well, we've got Twilight. I is the is one that people mention. So why don't we start with Twilight? Um, it's been the most anticipated. This is like the long. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read you um the character and then what okay. their character description is. I took these characters off of like a book report website called right. Gradesaver.com. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, so just like I don't want to get in trouble for plagiarism. So um, yeah. So I'll read you and then we want to know like who okay. you would cast. All right. So Bella Swan, mm-hmm. first character. Bella is a smart, precocious, yet quite clumsy 17-year-old girl who spent her life in Phoenix with her mother until recently. She moves to cold, rainy forks to live with her father for the first time. Here she meets and falls in love with Edward Cullen, a teenage vampire. (laughs) Bella wants to turn into a vampire, but Edward is against it. Okay. Interesting. So... We always run into this problem that we don't know any young. So actors. I, so I, I pre-picked one. Okay. Um, and I need to grab her name, but before I do, this is the thing that I did. Di- so Kristen Stewart played Bella. Yes. So the way I read that, because I had a couple people, and I think I've made my choice based upon that description. I wanted to go with the classic new girl in town, yes. moving from a bit of a bigger place to middle town of nowhere. nowhere. So who I'm selecting is an actress by the name of Catherine Newton. Oh, she's pretty. So Catherine Newton uh, was recently in Detective Pikachu, but she's also in uh, Big Little Lies, uh, Blockers, um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. She's played a lot of teen sort of mm-hmm. characters. Um, I first saw her in Blockers. Like, that was the first thing I ever saw her in. She plays, like, the daughter of, of the main character. Um, she's – I think she's got good comedic timing. I think she's very good at – playing kind of like that sense of wonder, especially mm-hmm. in Detective Pikachu. That's where I started to be like, oh, like, I think you have some acting chops. Is that like, sense of like... she would maybe believe that vampires are real. Exactly. And and maybe want to be one, and but be coming from this other place. And maybe there's that transition of like, I'm new here, but I'm bubbly and interesting and different, um, which this small town would Bella not have. Bella is a little shy. Yes, but she looks like she can play shot. Yeah, and I think I think that like being different and from a different place, you know, you want to bring in someone who who you're like that we don't see this person around here, right? Es- like there's, you know. Essentially Stephanie Mayer or whatever her name is, the author, wanted Bella to be like a blank slate mm. so that the girls reading the book could project themselves. I don't think Kristen Stewart embodied Bella. No. Um, but hey, there you go. I think I think for me, what would have made 
Twilight. Again, I saw them a long time ago. What made it more interesting is is more dynamic in reaction. Kristen Stewart has one face. Yeah. And that's the face she uses. Now, there are movies where that face works. But... You just found out that the boy you have a crush on is a vampire. You think maybe you would... Some sort of a reaction. (laughs) Positive, negative, like whatever. I think Catherine Newton would be, to me, that's... I like her. Bella for me. That's a good look. So our next casting is Edward Cullen. Edward is an inhumanly gorgeous student at Forks. Bella falls in love with him and then finds out he is a vampire. He has superhero strength and speed, but he worries that he does not have heroic virtue because of his innate vampiric desire to kill humans. He was born in 1901 in Chicago and was the first of his vampire family to be turned by Carlisle when he was dying from Spanish influenza. He has the power to read minds, which is unique. He is intensely concerned that his romantic desire for Bella should always outweigh his vampiric desire to kill her, and he gradually gains more and more self-control as their relationship matures. He is definitely intense from what I remember of those movies. Yeah, this is this is tough, the way that description is. Um, they picked, like, it was just bad casting in the original Twilight, yeah. or maybe not even so much bad casting, bad direction. I don't know, but... um. Yeah, who would you consider inhumanly gorgeous? That's the problem. I don't. I don't know. Um, I pulled up a bunch of young actors, and I'm just looking them over here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the I was thinking Darcy Montgomery was one of my. I thoughts. would buy it. Um, I, he, he looks like he would die of Spanish influenza. Stranger Things and Power Rangers. Uh, he's uh, Billy. In Stranger Things. He could also be Lestat in the reboot of the vampire, of the interview with the vampire. And I think, again, as a young actor who's really only done two or three things, you, you the, if you're recasting Twilight in a, in a way that you're going to launch a new person's career, essentially. I mean, that's what it did. Yeah. For better or worse, that's what it did. Oh, for 100%. So I think for him also just it makes sense like if if twilight was coming out next year i think it would make sense for him to be involved because he his character you know isn't coming back in stranger things and power range that we know of (laughs) and power rangers is not going to get another uh movie so he's available yeah and i i feel like has only done a couple things but was a highlight for a lot of people the past two seasons of of stranger things so i feel like that would make sense um, I had another choice, though. Another Stranger Things person is uh, Joe Carey, um, who plays Steve in Stranger Things. Kind of lankier, um, kind of like I don't tall, think he's but otherworldly gorgeous. No, again, I don't know that, but I I'm going off of uh, acting ability, and I feel like he's he too funny. he could bring yes, but I I. Sorry, I want to change Twilight and make it a little bit more interesting, <laughs> right? So, but yeah, probably Darcy Montgomery to work off of uh, to work off of Catherine Newton. Yeah. Um. So the next person we need to cast is Jacob Black, and yeah, I don't actually Taylor, remember this character. He's Taylor Lautner. Oh, the werewolf. Yes. Okay. So this is from Wikipedia. He is described as an attractive Native American. In the second book of the series, he discovers that he can shapeshift into a wolf. He first tells Bella about the legends of the Collins and also has a crush on her. Is he around the same age as supposed to be? He's supposed to be two years younger than her. Oh, God. Okay. And I'll be honest, um, I don't know a lot of a Native American actors. I have one person in mind. He might be a little too old. Like, he'd be a tiny bit older than, than these two actors. So, Bobo Stewart, who... Can you Google him? Yes. Bobo Stewart was in um, uh, the the Grizzlies movie that came oh, to the yeah, screen Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he was in um, a couple, at least one X-Men movie. Um, he... Oh, no work he looks like you know they digitally de-age people now yeah and like he's he I, I feel like he could work he he's he's a really nuanced actor i thought he was oh, very he good was in the grizzlies in the twilight he was in eclipse oh he was probably like like a, one of the family one of the family like or one whatever. of the werewolves oh look at that he was in two twilight movies but i i get i know him from x-men and the grizzlies movie um i bobo stewart 
to me is again a young actor who's on the cusp of doing some really cool things. Um, really, really fantastic. Like a standout in in the Grizzlies, which is a Canadian movie. Um, but he, I, I think he also did a very good job in the uh, in the X Men. Um, he was in Days of Future Past. Okay. There are other characters that we could cast in Twilight, but we're running out of time. And I think what's more interesting personally for me would be to fan cast a remake of Dracula. Okay, let's do that um, with what we like have left. Bram Stoker's Dracula. So I'm I'm envisioning essentially a remake of Francis Ford Coppola's version. Okay. Um, because there have been sort of origin movies. Every once in yeah. a while we get a Dracula movie, but it would be nice to return to kind of the source material. So I got these character descriptions from another sort of like book report website called Sparknotes. So um, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the character. I'm going to give you a brief description. Tell me who you think. And then if you need me to tell you like who the original actor was, okay. we'll do that. Gotcha. These descriptions are based on sort of the novel okay. characters, but they're very similar to the movie. So Dracula slash Vlad the Impaler. A centuries-old vampire and Transylvanian nobleman, Count Dracula inhabits a crumbling castle in the Carpathian Mountains. Beneath a veneer of aristocratic charm, the Count possesses a dark and evil soul. He can assume the form of an animal, control the weather, and he is stronger than 20 men. But of course, his powers are limited. He can't enter a victim's home unless invited, cannot cross water unless carried, and is rendered powerless by daylight. Mm. Okay. Hmm. And the tone of this movie that we're recasting, I assume we're pretty serious. It's okay. not. It's not comedy. Yeah. And There's I, like comedic moments. But, but I feel not, like they take. If this was a remake that was happening, they would take this seriously. It's like um, Interview with the Vampire. That's like okay. a serious drama. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna actually just knowing where we are, I'm gonna pull from your playbook, and I'm gonna say I. Th- I think they would center this movie around a really strong actor. I think mm-hmm. it would be Joaquin Phoenix for me. Okay. I think I think Joaquin Phoenix would be able to center this type of reboot and have people go, that's interesting. Because when you reboot something that people really like, I think there's always that fear. So yes, when, when I fan cast, I think of millions of things. And that's one of the things I'd be thinking of. Yeah. But if you put Joaquin Phoenix in the center of this, I can only think of maybe two or three other actors, but I don't think they'd fit it as well, who really can bring that could gravitas. Carry. Yeah, could carry it and say, okay, now I'm interested. So to me, I'm going to go Joaquin Phoenix. Gary Oldman was the original Dracula. Right. yeah. Um, so the next character is Jonathan Harker. Okay. He's a solicitor or lawyer whose firm sends him to Transylvania to con- conclude a real estate transaction with Dracula. Young and naive, Harker quickly finds himself a prisoner in the castle and barely escapes with his life. Hmm. He demonstrates a fierce curiosity to discover the true nature of his captor and a strong will to escape. Later, after being convinced that the Count has moved to London, Harker emerges as a brave and fearless fighter. Okay. Stick with me on this one, okay? Ryan Reynolds. The minute you were describing it, the only reason why I think Ryan Reynolds is I think he's ready for something a little... A young Brandon Fraser. A young Brandon Fraser. He's ready for something a little more serious with action because I think he can do action very well and I think he's getting a little typecasted as like he can be a loudmouth. Give him different lines and I think he can do do he's young enough. I think he's young enough. I still think he's... I mean, Ryan Reynolds is not that old and I think he still looks young enough and I think the exact idea of that young Brendan Fraser because I don't... I wouldn't want it to be a a Chris Pratt because I don't think I'd take that seriously. Yeah. But with Ryan Reynolds, it's like... You know, if you can get him to be serious, like he was, there was a movie uh, that came out with him and Helen Mirren where he played a pretty serious mm-hmm. character. I think he could do it. Okay. Next character, Mina Harker. Um, Jonathan Harker's fiance. Mina is a practical young woman who works as a schoolmistress. Eventually victimized by Dracula herself, Mina is also the best friend of the Count's first victim in the novel. Mina is in many ways the heroine of the novel, embodying purity, innocence, and Christian faith, Mm. virtue she maintains despite her suffering at the vampire's hand. She's intelligent and resourceful. Margot Robbie. They'd have to dye her hair. Sure, but like... She, I'm sure she'd be willing to do it. I mean, she's a strong enough actor for it. But in terms of like, oh, this like purity, Margot okay. Robbie, I think fits it perfectly. The original casting was Winona Ryder. Oh, that would have been. Oh, yeah, when she was younger, yeah, yeah. that would have been perfect this movie was casting. 94. Yeah. Oh, and um, the original casting for Jonathan was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> who is 
one of the worst parts of the movie. Interesting. Okay. He does a horrible accent. So we have one minute left. So you oh, want to no. give me give me like Let's do Van Helsing. Okay. Um, he's a Dutch professor described by his former pupil, Dr. Sheward, as a philosopher and metaphysician and one of the most advanced scientists of his day. Called upon to cure the ailing Lucy, Van Helsing's contributions are essential in the fight against Dracula. Unlike his comrades, Van Helsing is not blinded by the limitations of Western medicine. Age? He's older. Mm. Well, he doesn't have an age, but he's a a professor. Professor? Okay. Um, he was originally played by Anthony Hopkins Anthony, Anthony in 94, Hopkins, so like, like 50s, 50s, yeah. 60s. You know, and to me, I, I think I'd I'd have to go back to that similar well and look at like, could could you do something he with a Kurt? could play again. Maybe him again or a <laughs> Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. I think Kurt Russell would be great in that role. I'm trying to think of like older and, and like grizzled enough because van helsing like yes a professor but a little bit grapply maybe a little grizzled who's like, the I guy that russell. looks like kurt russell he was in the hateful eight. Oh, um bridges jeff bridges jeff, jeff bridges i think jeff bridges oh jeff could. bridges would be great in that role yeah i yeah either either jeff bridges um or or kurt russell would be would be my choice yeah. for van helsing yeah Unfortunately, that brings us. I to wish the, we could have done more. I know. I wish we could have done more. Maybe we'll we'll There's at the a Halloween. cowboy. There's even a cowboy in Dracula. At the Halloween episode, we'll yeah. con- we'll next week for a Halloween episode. We'll finish off with some more fan ca- casting um, because it does fit in for for Dracula. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our vampire episode. Uh, we went a little bit two minutes over, so there you go. Uh, I got a little extra content for you for our vampire episode. I don't think anyone will mind that. Go see some movies. <laughs>